I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Welcome to a special edition of The Money Show, the FT's most downloaded podcast. I'm Jonathan Ely, and today I'll be talking all about ices with the help of my FT colleagues Emma Dunkley. Hello. Joe Cumbo. Hello. And a special studio guest, Tom Stevenson, Investment Director at Fidelity Personal Investing. Hello. Individual savings accounts, or ICES, are right up there with premium bonds as one of the UK's most popular investment products. Around 24 million adults in the UK have an ISA, and collectively we've managed to stash over £400 billion into them since they were launched in 1999. Everyone over the age of 18 has an annual ISA allowance. You can put 11520 into a stocks and shares ISA, or 5760 into a cash ISA. Once the money is in there, all income and capital gains are tax-free. But the ISA allowance expires at the end of each tax year, so you cannot carry it forward. Every year, there is a rush to get invested before the end of the tax year. Now, last year, around 80% of ISA subscriptions went into cash ISAs, even though savings rates were very poor. Overall, the amount held in cash ISAs is about the same as that held in investment products, even though the allowance for stocks and shares ISAs has always been double that for cash ISAs. Normally, the first few months of the year sees a flurry of promotions and special rates on cash ISAs as providers battle to attract your cash. But this year, the activity has been very muted. Emma Dunkley has been looking at why. Emma, can you give us an idea of how far cash ISA rates have fallen from their recent peaks? Yes, well, rates have really plummeted over the last five years. In March 2008, you could get a typical ISA offering over 5%. Now, however, the typical ISA tends to offer around 1.6%, which is actually even below inflation. A large part of the reason why the rates have been dragged down is due to the Bank of England five years ago in March 2009 lowering the bank rate to 0.5%. And cash rates are often linked to this. But another reason is in 2012, the Bank of England launched a funding for lending scheme. This offered cheap funding to banks to help incentivise lending to boost mortgage applications and lending to small businesses. Banks have been less reliant on needing savers' money. As a result, they haven't needed to be as competitive with the rates that they've offered, and that's why rates have come down. Okay, now... 
There's a lot of talk that uh, interest rates will rise, maybe this year, maybe next year. And also the mortgage lending aspect of funding for lending was actually closed in, in January this year. So are there any signs of improvement in cash ISA rates? Yes, there's talk of a few major lenders launching competitively rated ISAs in the next couple of weeks before the end of the tax year. And as you say, there's also talk among economists that the bank rate will rise within the next year. So this should see rates go up on cash ISAs. At the same time, the funding for lending scheme has been curbed, so the mortgage part has stopped. And now cheap funding is now available only for lending for small businesses. So this also should see banks move to offer more competitive rates to savers to attract their deposits. One thing that's always intrigued me is that if interest rates are so bad, why are so many people still putting money into cash ISAs rather than into stocks and shares ISAs? Perhaps a lack of education and a fear that they could lose money by moving into riskier areas. But the irony is, by keeping their money in cash, they could actually be in a riskier asset insofar as they could lose out because their savings aren't gaining as much as other assets and inflation is quite high or has been relatively high, which has eroded the real value of their money. However, with a potential interest rate rise in the next year, this should change prospects for savers sitting in cash ices. But another issue as well is just inertia. I think a lot of savers are unlikely to move their accounts. And so I think with more education and more help, they will likely move into stocks and shares ices. And finally, is it possible to put money into a stocks and shares ISA, say, this tax year and um, in a few years' time when it's gone up a bit, sell all the investments and move that money into a cash ISA? No, it's not possible to move your money from a stocks and shares ISA to a cash ISA, although you can do it the other way around. So with a prospective interest rate rise in the next year, that is good news for people currently sitting in a cash ISA. However, over the long term... Many argue that you are still likely to achieve higher returns if you move into a stocks and shares ISA. OK, thank you very much, Emma. Now, this weekend sees the publication of our annual ISA guide, which is packed full of ideas for your individual savings account. And in the main section of FT Money, you'll find our usual databank pages with tables of best buy savings rates for cash ISAs. Both FT Money and the ISA guide are available on both Saturday and Sunday as part of the weekend FT. You can also read on tablets, Kindles and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, over £500 million is now invested in junior ISAs, but some children are still locked out of them. We'll look at why. First, let's look at the options for investors willing to take a bit more risk with their cash in pursuit of a better return. ISAs really come into their own when you invest rather than save – The annual allowance is twice as large and dividends, coupons and capital gains can all merrily compound away free of tax. But by transferring investments from older tax-free wrappers like PEPs and by using the annual allowance to the full each year, some investors have even become ISA millionaires. There's a huge choice of investment instruments from index tracking funds to individual shares and following changes to the rules regarding charging, investment for most people is cheaper than it used to be. The downside of investments, of course, is that they can go down as well as up, unlike cash. But over the long term, countless studies have shown that bonds and particularly shares will provide much greater returns than cash. I'm joined now by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director at Fidelity Personal Investing, which is one of the UK's biggest ISA providers. 
Tom, with the gradual improvements to the economy and the bank rate remaining so low, have you been seeing greater public interest in investing rather than just saving into cash ices? Hello, Jonathan. Yes, uh, we have actually. We've seen uh, more activity this year than in recent years. There are a lot of what I call reluctant investors out there, people who temperamentally would like to think of themselves as savers. And if they could get a five, six percent return on their cash, they'd be very happy to do that. But after five years with interest rates at rock bottom, they've realised that they're not going to get a decent return. They're not going to get a return that even matches inflation. And they are beginning to understand that historically, as you say, the returns from shares, equities and bonds have been higher than than cash and will probably continue to be so. Now, many ISIS subscribers find the choice of investments in stocks and shares ISIS completely overwhelming. Can you give us a whistle-stop tour of the sorts of things you can put into these wrappers? There's an extremely wide range of investments that you can put into an ISA. We've mentioned individual shares, but corporate bonds as well as uh, government bonds uh, in addition, and funds, so unit trusts, OICs, uh, ETFs, and of course investment trusts, which is a different kind of pooled investment like a unit trust. Now, what people eventually invest in will, of course, be largely dependent on how much risk they can tolerate. How does that work? How should you sort of look at your risk appetite and translate that into investments for your ISA? Yes, I mean, that's the fundamental question which a saver or an investor needs to ask themselves. How much risk am I prepared to take? If they're not prepared to take any risk, they cannot tolerate losing any money, then they should be in cash. And if they're only investing for a short period of time, maybe two or three years, then probably cash is a sensible investment. But for anyone who is investing for a longer period of time, 5, 10, 15 years, then equities are a much better option than cash. Okay. And is there anything in between those two that's better returns than cash, but not quite as risky as equities? Well, bonds represent a halfway house. It's true that with interest rates very low, bonds are not as risk free as maybe people thought they were in the past. But if you look at the performance of markets at the beginning of this year, bonds, which everyone had sort of written off and said you should be getting back into equities, bonds have actually done quite well. So the lesson that I draw from this is that a well diversified, balanced portfolio of maybe some shares, some cash and some bonds makes sense for a lot of people. And it's possible to buy a single fund which invests in all of those asset classes, a multi-asset fund. And indeed, uh, some of those multi-asset funds will do all the investing for you. All you need to do is say what kind of level of risk you are comfortable with and then hand over the investment decisions to the experts. And finally, let's talk about uh, stock markets specifically, because that's where most investors' cash is going at the moment. Now, we've had a couple of very good years in what are termed developed markets, but emerging markets have done less well. And the current situation in Ukraine, of course, isn't, uh, isn't helping with that. What are your current thoughts on which markets offer the best value? Emerging markets have had a pretty volatile year so far. In a way, that's not surprising because what has happened, one of the main drivers of that has been the improving fortunes of the US. As the US economy recovers, yields are rising in the US. And the effect that that's having is that money which had chased returns in emerging markets in recent years has started to come back to the perceived safe haven of developed markets like the US. And I think that that process will probably continue this year and into the future. So our preference at the moment is for 
for the developed markets. We like the US stock market. We like the Japanese stock market as well. And I think closer to home, uh, the UK offers some interesting opportunities, particularly in what's called equity income, which is shares paying a high and sustainable dividend yield, which in an environment where interest rates are low and are likely to remain low for some time, continue to look pretty attractive. Thanks very much. That was Tom Stevenson, Investment Director at Fidelity Personal Investing. You can read lots more about passive index tracking funds, income funds and shares in our ISA guide published this week. And of course, FT Money is packed with investing ideas every week. We'd also love to hear what you think. You can leave comments on articles on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Or you can send us questions via email. The address is money at ft.com. We can't provide investment advice, but we can often get experts to answer reader questions. On to our final item for today. ISAs are only open to those over 18, but since 2011 there has been an alternative savings product for children, the Junior ISA, or JISA for short. The limits for these is lower, but the choice of accounts is growing nicely, and there is now over 500 million invested in Junior ISAs. There are a couple of things to watch, though. One is that when your children reach the age of 18, junior ISAs automatically convert to adult ones. They get the money and they can spend it on what they like. The other is that children born between 2002 and 2011 cannot currently have a junior ISA because they are already enrolled in child trust funds. I'm joined now by Joe Cumbo who is not only the FT Money's residence pensions expert but also the mother of two boys. Joe, let's Clear up this issue of child trust funds first. Many listeners may be sort of sitting and thinking, well, I don't remember opening a child trust fund. Why can't I just go ahead and open a junior ISA? Why can't they? Well, just to recap uh, for listeners, if you've got a child age broadly between 11 and a half and three and a half, it's very likely that they will have a child trust fund, either one that they opened themselves or that was opened for the child by the government. And CTS were launched back in 2003 by Gordon Brown, the then Labour Chancellor, as a flagship policy really to give every child a, a better financial start in life. These types of accounts are different from JISA's, which came into effect in 2011, and the CTF was really scrapped because the government didn't want to make the voucher payments into the scheme anymore. So we've got these two types of accounts for children, and at this stage, it's not possible for parents to move from the CTF into a JISA, and indeed, if you do have a CTF, you are precluded from opening a JISA. That is just the rules that were put in place when JISAs were launched. Okay, so is that going to change? It seems very odd to have two children's savings. It is very odd, and parents and grandparents and uh, had campaigned very loudly for the rules to be eased, and the reason why they remained in place was just really to prop up the CTF market and stop it uh, from collapsing when the JICES came into place. The government listened to those concerns, and last year they announced that from April 2015, so in about a year's time, you will be able to transfer your CTF into a JICE, and there are about 6 million accounts, so there's certainly a lot of children out there in these accounts. Now, for those that are thinking about junior ISAs or waiting to transfer a CTF into one, or indeed who already have one, is investing for children really any different from investing for adults? Well, there are a couple of key differences to investing 
for children. The first one is that the allowance is smaller. For a JISA, the current allowance is 3720 The tax perks of investing are exactly the same and both the junior and the cash ISA can invest in cash and also stocks and shares. But unlike an adult ISA, anyone can put money for a child into a JISA and that's important to note. So that includes parents, family and friends. Okay, now about 90% of adults who have an ISA themselves don't actually use their full allowance every year. If you're one of those people, should you contribute to a JISA or should you actually max out your own allowance first, bearing in mind, of course, that you can control your own ISA? I think that's the key point, actually. Once you start saving into a junior ISA, that money is going to be locked away until the child is 18. And then what happens is that the child will take charge of that money. You can't take it out on their behalf. So you have to accept that you won't have control over it. If you want easy access to money, then it's probably better to top up your own ISA and save for yourself where you can access the cash. OK, thank you very much, Joe. We've more on JISAs and CTFs, including some of the best deals on cash JISAs in our ISA guide this weekend. You can also read it right now online at ft.com forward slash money. Don't forget that the ISA guide is in addition to the regular paper. Highlights this week include thoughts on how we should finance long-term care for the elderly, because the government certainly hasn't got a clue how to do it. It's five years since the Bank of England cut rates to 0.5%. I look at some of the winners and losers. While Emma looks at the latest trends in the buy-to-let market and Joe interviews the head of Nest, the state-owned pension provider. If you want to add your own comments, let us know about a hot topic or share your thoughts, you can do so via Twitter. The handle is FTMoney and you can go to our website ft.com forward slash money or you can email us. The address once again is money at ft.com. We will be back with the regular money show next week, but for now it's goodbye from me. Emma, Joe, and our special studio guest, Tom Stevenson of Fidelity. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.